Hi there, welcome to Series 2 of the Release the Sound podcast, where we talk all things prophetic worship. I'm Raymond Waterman, and it is my passion to empower, to educate, encourage, and equip you to release a sound of heaven that transforms the communities that you are a part of. So stay tuned, listen to some amazing guests, and be blessed. Thanks for joining me. Hey, my friends, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited that you've joined me today. This podcast is going to be a little bit different. And it is because I had a very impacting dream for me a couple of days ago, and I felt that it was not just for me, but also for you. So I wanted to share with you a dream that I believe is prophetic about what is coming and also what is coming in terms of worship ministry across the earth. I don't think that this is location bound. I don't think it's just for Australia where I'm from, but I actually believe that this is a global word for worshippers and leaders in the church about what is coming and the role that worship will have to play in the end times. And so I want to share it with you. I share it humbly with you. I'm really deeply impacted by this dream. I've pondered it for a few days now, and I, I also wanted to thank my very special friend, Anita Alexander, who she helped me to interpret this dream because normally I can interpret my own dreams, but this one was so detailed and really just left me feeling a certain way. And that's kind of how I know it was the Lord. I was feeling quite emotional after I had this dream. And as I was praying about the interpretation, I actually felt the Lord say, send it to Anita. If you don't know Anita, she is a national treasure as Sarah Cheeseman would call her, and I totally agree. She is the most amazing prophetic voice to nations, and the wisdom and the discernment that she had over this dream has really blessed me. So if you're listening, Anita, thank you so much for taking time to help me discern what the Lord is saying. So without further ado, let me share the dream first, and then I will share some of the things that I sensed from the Lord as I had this dream. So the dream began with me being in small groups on a very large property. We were in the bush and there were little groups meeting. It was like we were at some sort of retreat or event and there were people that had broken up into small groups. I was part of a small group and the whole theme of the weekend was about the end times. So we were all learning about how to survive in the end times. We were learning from the Word of God, we were studying what, what the Word said so that we could be prepared for what was coming. Now, in the dream, I was really aware that some people in these small groups were scared. They were not prepared. They were completely overwhelmed by the information that was being given to them. Myself, I was not scared. I was actually excited about what was coming, and I was like, let's, let's go. Let's get ready. But I was surprised because there were a lot of people on this um, retreat that had no idea of what was coming. They were not prepared. Then the dream shifted to another scene. And in this scene, again, we're in small groups. And this time it's groups of musicians. And we were in some sort of hall. And we were, we were organizing a finale for this retreat. And so we were sitting around or groups of musicians kind of going, well, what do we do? Why don't we think of some sort of great musical uh, end, end finale that we can do. 
And I was listening to everything that I was saying and I said, why don't we do some music together? Why don't we do some songs together? And everyone in my group, there was maybe five or six people, really liked the idea. But because we'd come from so many different places, we didn't know the same songs. And so we were like, what songs are we going to do that don't require a lot of practice? So I say in the dream, look, I've got an idea. Why don't we ask people in the audience what their favorite scripture is? And then I would just love to spontaneously sing it out while you guys play. Now, as I suggest this, I get really excited because obviously in real life, that is something I love to do. It's natural for me. And I love singing the spontaneous song of the Lord. But in the dream, these musicians who were very accomplished musicians, they were exceptional at the way they played their instruments and the way they sang, they started to mock me and they started to laugh. And they just went, that's such a stupid idea. And we can't do that. That makes no sense because they had no frame of reference for it. And so in the dream, I backtrack and I go, oh, no, this is not a weird thing. I do it all the time. This is not like something new. And I, I really felt excited and was really sort of saying, come on, let's do this. And the comment that the musicians say to me are, how will we know where to go when we're playing our instruments when we don't know the chords? Then the scene changes again. The next scene is there's only half an hour left before the finale of the event, but we haven't organized anything because no one was on the same page. No one could come into agreement about what to do. But I know that we're still going to be expected to present something. And so I start going, maybe I should just play the piano by myself. Maybe that'd be way easier. And so I'm walking through this retreat in the gardens and I walk over to where there's this setup and where there's going to be the finale. And there's already some events happening and there's this beautiful woman singing before we're meant to come on. She was in the dream, apparently she was very famous, she was cultured, she was dressed beautifully, um, she looked stunning, she sounded incredible. And I'm sitting there listening to her, just being completely enamored by the beauty of her voice. And as I'm sitting there going, wow, this person is really exceptional at their talent, the PA system that this woman was using blows a fuse and it shuts down. So she has to stop singing. So she completely stops singing. And then I realize not only is her performance, and I'm using my hands to put them into little hyphens, you know what I mean, but I, I'm like, she was performing and she had to stop. But I also realized because we're going on after her, I'm not going to be able to sing. I'm not going to be able to do it. So we start frantically looking around to see where the fuse has blown. And we realize that three fuses are down. And for some reason, I go, this is not a quick and easy fix. This is actually going to take somebody who really knows what they're doing. Then the scene flashes again. I know this is very detailed, but stick with me. And I walk into another building where there's this garden area where this woman was singing to, but this time there's a little room to the side and there's two red-coloured spotlights spotlighting on a TV. And my brother, whose name happens to be Chris, comes in and he just sets something up in this tiny room. He says, look, we're actually going to have to do it here. And he puts the spotlight on this television and then he turns the television on and as he turned it on, it's me singing and I'm in a garden and I'm singing What a Beautiful Name It Is, that beautiful song by Hillsong. 
that starts with, you didn't want heaven without us, so you brought heaven down. So that's what I start to sing. And in the dream, I can't even remember that I'd recorded this clip. I'm just like, wow, okay, but I'm singing this song and it's beautiful. And I experience the peace of the Lord as I hear the song of the Lord, of us worshiping Jesus. Now, as I'm watching myself on this TV, I'm actually standing on a cream cement floor and someone turns around and says to me, and this is the end of the dream, they say to me, you're standing on top of Prever's grave and you will have to sing from there. And then I woke up. Now, Prevers or Prevers, P-R-E-V-E-R-S, is a word I've never heard before, but I went and looked it up as soon as I woke up. And very interestingly, it actually means something, which is to anticipate, forecast, and foresee. So once I saw that, I went, all right, the Lord's trying to say something to a prophet who hears a word that they've never heard before and basically means prophet, anticipate, forecast, and foresee. So that's when I started to ponder this whole dream, and I want to share with you what I believe it means, and again, thanking Anita for her contribution to this. So let's just quickly go back. So it starts with this scene of being in this retreat in small groups, learning about the end times. And this is what Anita and I both sensed, and that was that the Lord is actually bringing us into a season where he is wanting an acceleration of educating his people in this hour to understand the seasons, the times and the seasons, what is coming. He wants you to be prepared. Now, I know this dream was about me, but I also feel this is about you too, if you are listening to this. And a lot of us are not prepared for the end times. Now, that's not meant to sound scary. It's not meant to sound horrible. In fact, to me, I'm excited. I'm excited about what's coming. This is going to be the church's finest hour, the things we have longed for and desired to see come to the earth. Greater signs, greater wonders, greater miracles are, are reserved for this season in time. But many people are thinking that it is a far off. Many people are thinking it is something that may not even happen in their lifetime. And I sense this urgency from the Lord to become equipped. And I think the fact that it was in small groups is very pertinent because I feel like it's not about the masses. You know, this is actually about coming together in relationship, coming together in community. There might not be a flow of general consensus. It may just be that the Lord wants smaller groups to work together to see his kingdom come on earth to be prepared. So there was this relational component and that we were kind of going against the flow a little bit of what the, the body of Christ was thinking was coming and that we were just breaking up into groups and studying his word deeply through community and relationship and that this was part of the preparation of his people. Now, if you know, if you remember, I talked about how many people were afraid. They weren't strong in their faith, but there are going to be people that have had that intimate relationship with the Lord. They've dug those deep wells with the Father and they're not afraid and they're ready to understand the war that is coming. And I felt like, yes, I was a part of that, but I think there's many. This, I'm not the only person and there's lots for me to learn too. So I'm not saying I've arrived. So I hope you can hear my heart when I say that. But 
There will be a mix of people. There'll be a mix of maturity and that's okay. This is why we're here. This is why this podcast exists is so that if you are needing more, if you're wanting to learn, you can be a part of this little small group, this little community. But excitement was the fruit, excitement of what the Lord was going to do, not dread of what is coming. And so I felt like the Lord was trying to reveal that even though many won't be prepared, there are going to be some that are that will gather those that don't understand. And you will be on one of those ends of the spectrum. Maybe you're one the Lord is raising up to raise up other worshippers, to raise up other uh, followers of Jesus, to follow him in a way that uh, requires deep maturity. Or maybe you're just at the beginning of your journey, or maybe you've been a Christian a long time, but you've never heard this kind of teaching before. You don't know much about it. I want to encourage you that that first part of the dream was really encouraging to me because it took all types of people and it was in that community and that relationship that the Lord was growing us into his likeness. Then we get to the next session, which is me listening to this beautiful, cultured, crafted woman singing. And I love what Anita Alexander shared with me. I'm actually just going to read exactly what she said because she wrote it so well. But she said, the professional, polished celebrity show, that's what represents the cultured woman, is malfunctioning. The fuses are blowing in the old sound system. This woman was on before you because it represents what is now, but not what will be. The Lord is bringing an end to the old sound and birthing a new sound, and it will be all around ministry and not showmanship. Wow. Oh my goodness. So the old sound is no longer working. Now, I'm going to guess that if you listen to this podcast, you're going to go, yes, 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 because that's your heart. But I want to even say to you, have you felt frustrated? Have you just been like, I really want to see the Lord moving prophetically. I really want to see the prophetic song of the Lord rise and not just be this little section in a meeting or, you know, like a little sort of almost like a show, because that's sometimes what happens with the prophetic which is something that I get really frustrated about. But you might get frustrated going, where is this sound? I don't know how to see it coming. I believe this part of the dream was to encourage us all that the end of the old sound is coming and the new sound is almost on our doorstep. Now, that doesn't mean it's not already here, but what I'm saying is it is coming to the forefront in greater measure. And I find it interesting that in my dream, I was saying, let me sing the scriptures. What that really represents is a ministry to the hearts of the people. This was all about strengthening people's faith. And I believe that the new sound that is going to be coming across the earth, that is going to be a major characteristic of the new sound that's coming from heaven. It won't just simply be the song, the love song of our heart, as beautiful as that is, as powerful as that is. I believe that there is a maturity in the sound that is about to re be released through the worshippers across nations that is going to carry the heart of the Father so strongly that the faith of the people will be strengthened, the knowledge of the word will be encaptioned in the sound, and this is a way that we raise up people ready for what is to come. It's like the word of the Lord will be on our lips and go into people's 
heart. And, you know, if you remember, I shared it early in the dream that people laughed at me when I said this. And that's because there is, unfortunately, with the arts in general, there is an ego that can get involved. And it has even creeped into the church. And that grieves my heart. And it grieves me that over the years of my time in ministry, I have even been a part of that in my early years without even realizing it. And I want to say to you today, check your heart. You might not think you have ego. You might not think you're driven by ego, but constantly daily say, Lord, why does this bug me? Lord, why am I feeling this when this other person does this or says this? Or how are you feeling when maybe you're not the person chosen to release the song or lead worship or write that song that you know could make a difference in people's lives? We have to let all of that go in this season. We have to be so pure and our hearts be so clean to release this sound. Ego can have no part and ego is deceptive. Ego, it's so easy for it to just creep in to those little crevices of our heart. Might not be the main focus. It'll be those little things. It'll be how you feel when someone pats you on the back or you know, what it's like to release something creatively when you haven't done it in a long time. You know, I get all those feelings. I've had all those feelings too. Sometimes ego is captured in those little things and we don't even realize that they are. And so I want to say to you, check your heart so that this song that strengthens the faith of the people, the new thing, the new sound can come forth. But I want to say to you, there will be resistance to this not just from people around you, but even from yourself. You may at times be at war with yourself because it is so foreign and it has creeped into the church so much that we don't even realize that it's there because it's in good hearts. It's in hungry hearts. But I actually feel this call and I feel repentant myself as I say this, that the Lord is actually saying there needs to be a greater level of purity as we come into this end time sound. Anita and I just felt that that's what that meant and that many may not want to do that new thing because it does mean you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. You can't use the old sound system for a new sound. Those old fuses have been blown and it's almost as if the Lord has just blown them up himself. And so this idea of moving in the new thing is scary because you do have to rely on the Holy Spirit and no longer your talent. And that's not an easy thing to do, but the Lord is shifting what is taking place and I want to be a part of it. I know you do too. I do not want to be left behind. So our role as worshippers is to call people to return to the paths of his presence, the simplicity and the purity of just being with him and it not being about performance, it's not being about time frames, not being about um, ticking the lists that we did good. You know what I mean? Now, I want you to hear my heart when I say this. I am not saying that church services have to go for 10 hours, that there needs to be no talent and no skill. I am not saying any of those things. That's a podcast for another time, but I do want you to hear me say this. I hope they never replace our desperate cry and desperate plea to rely only on the Holy Spirit, regardless of the talent that is in our heart. Let's do away with professionalism and let's resist this idea that to be excellent in what we do means that the Holy Spirit has a little bit of room 
but not all of the room. Father, we just repent right now, Holy Spirit. We just say we want you from the end to the beginning to the beginning to the end in everything that we do. Lord, just permeate our thoughts even when we are at home and in the quiet that we would become pure vessels for your glory, for a new sound. We detach ourselves. We unplug from the old sound system and we plug into you in a new way in Jesus' name. All right, let me keep going. I'm almost finished here. I loved this idea that my brother Chris, who I think you know represents Christ because that's his name, Chris, he was coming in and he was bringing in new equipment. It was a new sound. We were standing on a new platform and it's almost as if those spotlights that were spotlighting onto the television is, Anita said, it's metaphorical for a focus point. It's like when the spotlight's on, it brings a focus to what they were doing and the TV turns on and we're singing about the blood of Jesus and the grace of Jesus and what a beautiful name it is. It's all about Jesus. So this can represent we're plugging into a new sound, right? We're using a different sound system. We're on a different platform, but the TV could also represent that there's, even though we started in small groups, there is going to be a broader audience that as we start to be hungry for this new sound, plugging into the new sound system of heaven, that people will be drawn to it. And maybe it will even come to the attention of the media. Now, if you remember the clip where I'm singing this song was in a garden. Gardens often represent a place of intimacy, a place where there's peace and there's quiet, there's a closeness. The garden of the Lord, that's often the place I go to when I pray When I'm with Jesus, I'm in a garden. And so that is very pertinent for me in the dream. And it's almost like the new sound is going to have a greater return to this intimacy with Jesus. It's like there is an assignment for greater intimacy. There's an assignment about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Now we say it all the time, and I believe that we are tracking towards that. So I hope you don't feel I'm saying everything was bad and now this is good. That's not what I'm saying. It's not about the destination. This is about the journey of what the Lord is doing amongst the worshipers and amongst the body of Christ. And so I feel there is this assignment for intimacy, a new intimacy. And and as we sing from that place of intimacy, as we lead from that place of intimacy, people are going to be drawn to that. They're going to be drawn into his presence. And then finally, the last part of the dream where I talk about standing on a cream floor and someone says, you're standing on Priva's grave. Well, immediately I had a memory when I woke up of standing in Westminster Abbey in England and I was standing in on the floor there, not realizing that I was standing on a lot of the greats' graves. So, you know, I think William Shakespeare's grave is in there and lots of other people who I admire and I was amazed. So, Some of the memorial stones were on the wall, but some of them were on the floor. And I also remember leading worship in the UK where the piano was sitting on top. It was in a church, but the piano was actually sitting on top of a stone tile. It was somebody's grave, somebody significant, their grave. And that was pretty common, okay, in in Europe. And so I'm remembering this as I wake up and I'm understanding that That's sometimes how people were buried. 
And the cream floor, it wasn't a white floor. It was a cream floor. So white is purity, but cream is a mix, isn't it? So it is possible that that cream floor can represent the flaws of religion. Westminster Abbey, this church that I sang in, also represented those things. So there is a mix there, right? And what it is, is actually religion. And then I'm saying you're standing on Priva's grave. What did that mean? Priva's grave meant to see ahead, to forecast and to foresee, which is what prophets do. So it's almost like Priva is saying the prophetic was buried. Somebody killed off the prophetic and they buried it. But all of a sudden we were standing on top and we started to sing. It was like we reawakened the call of forecasting and foreseeing. And I believe this to mean that even though we're plugging into a new sound, even though we are releasing a new song of intimacy, it is also going to be on old places where religion is strong. And that's important because that is where we kill off religion. So we are still going to find ourselves in places of purity, but we're also going to find ourselves standing in places to minister that are actually religious platforms. And the reason why the Lord is allowing that is because it will bring forth the new thing, the new sound of prophetic worship. So this idea of a new sound being released doesn't mean we run away from all that we know. It means that we stand on the places that were meant to be for the Lord in the first place. It was meant to be under ownership of Father, Son, Holy Spirit right from the beginning. And it had been killed off, that prophetic had been killed off. Maybe that's happened in your church. Maybe you come from a church where there is a history of, um, you know, it's a, it's a church that's been around for a long time. And you're like, where is the prophetic sound? Where are the prophets? Where's the voice of the prophets? Well, I'm encouraging you to stand in those places, not to run away and start something else. You may start something else, but I'm encouraging you to say, stand your ground until Priva forecasting and foreseeing comes alive in the name of Jesus. Now, I know that was a lot to take in. You might need to listen to this a few times. My dreams are often very detailed, but I want to encourage you today that this is the season. You know, the sons of Isaac who knew the timings and the seasons of the Lord, I really believe that we need the sons of Isaac in our worship teams in our mouths, in our worship songs. And I'm believing that as you develop your community, you develop relationship. I want to say this again. I want to urge this, like I feel this so strong in my spirit, that relationship in this season is so important. Make friends that become family and let the worship part be secondary because as you do that, as you develop those relationships, you are going to experience this rising up, this new maturity, this new connection to the new sound. And the joy of doing that in community is so powerful. And I want to encourage you that it's not over and that the new sound of forecasting and foreseeing is upon us right now. I pray that blesses you. And again, thank you to beautiful Anita Alexander for helping me unpack this. And oh, if, you, if you're like me, I'm even doing it now. I just want to get on my knees and just say, Lord, let me start again. <laughs> let me check my heart. 
And Lord, that's what we say. We thank you, Father, for this new sound. Thank you for unplugging us and reconnecting us to you. We re-surrender again in the name of Jesus. Bless you guys. I hope that bless you. Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church, and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.